Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to be starting a new series this year. I'll just say uh, this new semester. <laughs> it's kind of a parallel class with my Berea classes. <clears throat> uh, and the series is going to be called Let There Be Light. And I won't try to explain the series, <clears throat> but it's just some things that the Lord has been well, not some things, plural, but just what the Lord's been putting on my heart now for, I would say, going on two years now, based on a comment that someone made on one of my YouTube videos. <clears throat> so I'm glad for the comments. The Lord uses them for His end and His purpose. So what I want to do is just uh, begin just mentioning some things, <clears throat> and essentially what we're going to be looking at is the darkness of man versus the light of the testimony and the true light of the world, the true light of the soul, who is Christ himself. So... <clears throat> The darkness of man, the darkness of humanity, the darkness of the mind of Adam versus the light of the testimony of God and the true light of which the testimony speaks, who is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. All right. <clears throat> so... Let's see. Uh, just during this during this series, during these classes, I do encourage you to jot down uh, whatever the Lord places on your heart. And that may or may not be something that I specifically say, something that I specifically share. Uh, it may or may not be uh, even with a verse where I'm actually uh, sharing from, or a passage, or, <clears throat> or, or a theme, or, or anything like that. What, what, what I'd like these classes to be, and I'm, the more and more I'm continuing on with the Lord, I'm just kind of discovering this, that sharing what the Lord has put on our heart, whether that be through uh, Bible classes, Sunday services, Wednesday services, Bible conferences, uh, publications, audios, videos, whatever means. I'm beginning just to, and this may just be me, just to kind of see that what it should be doing, all that, is creating an environment in our heart to hear the voice of God. <clears throat> so, an environment conducive to hearing. And uh, these classes, these classes should serve as an environment for just that to hear or and or to begin to hear the voice of God. Because once again, hearing the voice of man does absolutely nothing. Uh, I mean, we can we can get we can learn. But 
when we hear the voice of God is when we are actually learning and beginning to learn Christ himself. God has one object, and this is his son. Man, on the other hand, has multiple objects in view. Even, even things about Jesus. <clears throat> God, with God it is always singular, one. All right? Now, I do want to uh, mention this as well. We always have our concepts concerning that which pertains to God. We always do. Uh, we, we do, we will, until the Lord himself takes the initiative, steps in, and not present to us a concept, but present to us his very own son. Before that time, all we have is a concept all right, from, well, I'll just say this, uh, man, just mankind, and let me put that there, man, man, mankind, humanity, uh, I think this about this, I believe this about this, and that's what man does. Even in the world of Christianity, we do the same thing. Even with the scriptures, we do that. We come to the scriptures, uh, well, I'll just say this, and many will agree with me, many may not, with a Western mind, and we say, oh, okay, let me see what, how I can, listen to what I say, how I can apply this to my situation. <clears throat> well, you may or may not be successful in that, but you've heard me say this time and time again, and it's not because this is my doctrine, no, because it is the very heart and mind of God concerning his very own testimony that he gave found within the written scriptures. Found within the written word, found within the spoken word. They're not to be applied to our situation. That's not what the scriptures are for. Uh, I've heard it said that the scriptures are are so we can learn how to order our lives or learn how to live here on this earth. Well, no, no. Those of us who are born again, Christ himself is our life. My brothers and sisters, because Christ is our life, our life is above. The scriptures wherein is found the testimony are designed of God, given of God, to direct our heart unto Christ himself, a person, always drawing us to a person. The Holy Spirit himself takes that which is of Jesus found in the scriptures. He takes the testimony presents it to our heart where God prepares the ground of our heart so that the Holy Spirit may lead us, may guide us, guide, I love the word guide, into all truth who is Christ himself. And 
he is risen. Our life is found above. <clears throat> now I'll say this. I cannot live his life. You cannot live his life. We may try to and impress others, impress ourselves, but we do not impress God. God has one son whom he dearly beloved, dearly loves. He is his beloved. And in his tender mercy and ever-abounding grace, he has offered unto our soul that very son who is life. The son alone can live his life. And so you see, brothers and sisters, <laughs> even with the diagram that I've got in the back, until God takes the initiative and steps in, we are trying to dot, dot, dot. We are, we are trying. We are trying. And we're praying and crying out to God for His help. When all the while, for us who are born again, the life, the nature, the character, the ability, the everything of God is found in the person of Jesus Christ, who is our very life. And we are ignorant of Him. And so, we always have our concepts until the Lord takes the initiative, us who are born again, we always have our concepts pertaining to that which is <clears throat> uh, of God until the Lord takes the initiative and does not present to us a new doctrine. No, He does not present to us a new message. He does not present to us a new teaching. No, no. God does what He has always done throughout eternity since the beginning of time, when God created time, the first creation, this creation that you, of sight, of natural sight and natural sound that we can see with a natural eye, hear with our natural ear, uh, touch with our natural uh, uh, senses, uh, feelings, uh, smell, taste, and understand with a natural brain. Since the very beginning, He continues to do what He has always done. He presents His Son, a person, not a doctrine, not a concept, not a message, not a belief, not a religion, not a anything. He presents a person who is His Son. And so <clears throat> let's go ahead and uh, continue on here. We should be actively listening to hear the voice of the Lord. As I mentioned, whether it be during a Bible class, a Sunday service, uh, Wednesday uh, service, uh, Bible conference, whatever, whenever. We should actively be listening to hear the voice of the Lord. We should pray that the Lord, by His Spirit, would do that which is needed in our hearts uh, for that one thing, to hear Him. All right? This, this, I'll go ahead and define, well, I won't define it, but I'll just go ahead and <clears throat> mention uh, as we go along here, uh, just the importance of hearing the voice of the Lord, the voice of God. All right. Um, once again, let's see. Uh, 
the Lord may or may, not, may or may not use the actual passage, verse, or theme topic that is being shared at the time. Uh, to speak to our heart, he may use a different passage, a different verse, a different topic, a different theme. The Lord, he is God. He is Lord. Therefore, he can use whatever, whenever, however, for, to serve his purpose. <clears throat> I think we uh, we we get frustrated when we try to limit to the Lord to what we think the way we think in this sense. Well, God will only dot 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 fill in the blank. God will only do it this way. No. To get the attention of our heart, only He knows what will get the attention of our heart. We don't. We don't. We think we do. No, we don't. Only He does. So, once again, He can use whatever, whenever, however He desires to serve His purpose and His end. <clears throat> now, who are we hearing? And I'm just kind of going through, through an outline here. Uh, who are we hearing? Are we hearing the voice of man? Or are we actually hearing the voice of God? We can hear the voice of man. In doing so, we can understand. Here we go. We can respond. And finally, we can be obedient to what we have heard. I'll just uh, give an example here. <clears throat> well, maybe I won't give an example because I know I'll offend somebody <laughs> with an example. Well, I'll make up my own crazy example. Can't offend anyone. Here's my crazy example. Let's say, uh, let's, let's say for some reason I start saying, uh, God, well, I don't want to say God. Um, I'll just use this. No, I'm not going to give an example at all. <laughs> we're that carnal. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, where were we? So, by hearing the voice of man, we can, <laughs> we can hear, we can understand, and do so we can hear, we can understand, and we can, even, we can even put into practice, there's obedience, put into practice what we've heard or what we've read. Okay. So I'm going to try to dot, dot, dot. I'm going to discipline, discipline myself to dot, dot, dot. Do you see what I mean? Where's the object in that? I. We can, we may or we may not accomplish that. If we accomplish it, well, we, we, We hold ourselves a little higher and we thank the Lord for His help on doing it. If we can't, then we definitely droop our heads while being condemned, realizing 
that it's impossible with man. But still looking at ourselves because we could not live up to, listen, our own measure or what we believe the measure of God that we ought to, listen, live up to. Well, God has one measure, that is Christ Jesus, His Son. God doesn't want us to try to be imposters. As I stated earlier, we can fool ourselves, we can fool others. We cannot fool our God. We cannot fool the Father. I know we try to put on a good impression. No, we cannot. And see, God knows this. God knows that I, God knows that you cannot be Jesus <laughs> and are not Jesus. We're just an earthen vessel containing this eternal treasure. Everything that is found in the seed, everything that is found in the person of the Son is present. And we try to do what He Himself is what only he himself is. <clears throat> By the work of the Holy Spirit, when we see the Lord who is our life, the trying ends, the effort ends as we behold the one who is made unto us. Everything we were trying to accomplish for God. All right, let's see. All this, if we're hearing the voice of man and understanding and responding and finally uh, putting into practice, being obedient to it, uh, all this is done by the ability of man. I, the hearing, the understanding, the responding, the, the, the obedience, putting into practice. Let me just put this there. All that is done by the ability of man. I can do that. You can do that. <clears throat> Many may say, well, you need to dot, dot, dot. And the issue, who? Here's, here's my question with that, because this is truly the issue in that. Who is the one doing? Is it I? Is it us? Or is it Christ? Remember what Jesus said. <clears throat> he said, not I, but the Father in me doeth the works. Remember what the Apostle Paul said. Because he, was, he had and he was continuing to know his life, who Christ Jesus is. It is not I, but Christ who lives in me. Who is the one doing? Is it us or is it Christ? Remember with the, the, the theme of, of, of this series, let there be light. Okay? Now, the perfect timing. There's the time of man. The time of man is always ready. 
That's actually what, Je uh, what Jesus said during one of the feast times. His brothers came to him, came to him and said, uh, if you want to make yourself known to the world, come with us, basically. And I know, I know I'm paraphrasing. Come with us up to the feast. The response of our Lord was, your time is always ready. I will not go up at this time. The time of man is always ready. It is always, always I, and God helps me. I and God helps me. Uh, just a real quick example. <clears throat> Abraham, I'll, uh, in, in, the, in the order of, of a timeline, Abram at the time, God is speaking to him concerning a son, well, a seed, an heir, a son, or forgive me, I can't remember the order, <laughs> but it is a son who is the seed, who is the heir, okay? And so God's speaking to him. Uh, he's hearing to some degree, to whatever degree he's hearing, and it's not yet the timing of the Lord, but during that time, Abram, His heart is submitted to the timing of man. The results thereof, my brothers and sisters, is called Ishmael. Ishmael, <clears throat> Ishmael is not God's doing. Ishmael is Abram's doing. Ishmael is not the ability and power of God. No, Ishmael is the ability and power of man. Thank God that the Lord takes the initiative, declares once again his purpose, and then Abram, actually at that time, Genesis chapter 17, his name is changed. God changed his name to Abraham. Now, Abraham begins, listen, to wait on the Lord for the perfect timing. <clears throat> All right. The time of God. The time of God is an appointed time. God does this. It is always, always ordered and ordained by God. I don't set it. You don't set it. I didn't say, okay, hmm, at the age of 20 years old, I will be born again. No, I didn't, I didn't do that. God set the appointed time. And the appointed time is always the time of life. Listen to what I say. Not the time of the works of the flesh. Not the time of, listen to what I say, dead works. From a dead man. The timing of God, the time of God is an appointed time, and it is always not I, but Christ. See, back with our example with Abraham. Abraham, actually I'll just say Abram, which means exalted father, could exalt in what he produced. Abram could glory in, listen, his own fruit. 
But being truly honest, Abraham could not glory in Isaac, who in testimony is the fruit of God. Because at that time, Abraham was convinced that he had no power, Sarah had no power, there is no power whatsoever with man. If anything is going to be done concerning that which pertains to God, God and God alone must be the doer of it. God and God alone must realize it. And therefore, all glory goes to God. What part did man play? Not I, but Christ. <clears throat> the depth of hearing. This is the Holman Treasury of Key Bible Words, Carpenter and Comfort, by Carpenter and Comfort. Uh, this is for the word dig, and here I was actually looking for, I can't remember what I was searching, and I came across it by, by accident, but it's beautiful, and I think the Lord's kind of just used this uh, working in my heart uh, concerning hearing the voice of God. All right, so here it says, once again, the Holman Treasury of Key Bible Words, and you, I think you can find it under the word dig, D-I-G. Your invitation to dig deeper, right? And it's giving uh, three original terms, agape, charis, uh, and shama. And forgive me on my pronunciation on these. Uh, I'll just go ahead and continue reading. These Greek and these Greek and Hebrew words communicate much more than love, grace, and to hear, respectively. Uh, agape, we should know this, is love. <clears throat> Gadis, grace, and to hear is shama, Hebrew. All right, a one-word or one-sentence definition of a of a biblical word like the Hebrew word, and here we go, shama simply won't do. Certainly, Shama may mean here, but its real significance lies in the fact that, that the word is part of the great Israel, Israelite call to worship, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 5. Here, the word here, is the constant cry of the Old Testament prophets. See, for example, Isaiah 48, chapter 1, or excuse me, Isaiah 48, verse 1, Ezekiel uh, chapter 18, verse 25. And it is clear from the contexts where this word is used that it means much more than here. And right here, my brothers and sisters, is what got my attention. It embraces, the word here, embraces the, the idea of understanding and obeying. A simple definition will not suffice for a word that has such depth. And that's why I subtitled that the depth of hearing. <clears throat> so now hearing the voice of man, 
we can once again, we can, by, we can hear, we can understand, we can respond, and we can be obedient, we can put into practice what we've heard. But all of this is done by the ability of man. And in the realm of man, with our diagram right here. For us who are born again, we are not in Adam, my brothers and sisters. We are in Christ. Unto which face is our heart directed or turned? Is our heart turned unto Adam, the face of humanity, the face of the first man, Adam? Or is our heart turned unto the face of the second man, the Lord from heaven. One or the other is our eye single. One or the other <clears throat> when our heart is turned, directed toward the face of Adam, the ability, my brothers and sisters, that we depend upon, that we rely upon, that we exercise is the ability of man. When our heart is directed unto the face of the second man, the Lord from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the ability that our heart is dependent upon is, listen, not I, but Christ. Big difference, one or the other. All right, the power. All mankind and the majority of believers think that we are more powerful than the Almighty. I'll read it again. All mankind, those who are not born again, and the majority of believers, we who are born again, think that we are more powerful than the Almighty. Concerning that which pertains to man, we are able. Yes, we can. Concerning that which pertains to God, it is impossible with man. Was impossible with man, is impossible with man, and forever will be impossible with man. Now, if we take offense to this statement, it is because it has exposed our arrogance. the statement that we believe that we are more powerful than the Almighty. I'll give an example, actually a couple examples here. I've got a couple examples. Adam, the first man, Adam. Adam in the garden. Adam believes he knows better than God. God says, eat freely of all that you find in the garden. Just don't eat of this one tree right here that is called the tree of death. You'll only find death there. God won't be found there. Adam believes he knows better than God. What does he do? The first thing he does, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Eats of that tree. <clears throat> All right. 
Another example, Abraham. Uh, we'll have to use the word Abram, his name Abram. For this example, before he, God changed his name to Abraham. Concerning the promise, the son, the heir, the seed, etc., he believes that Ishmael is its fulfillment. Once again, Ishmael is man's ability. Abram was convinced for 13 years after Ishmael was born. I've got it. And here's the fruit that proves it. The household, the servants of Abram would look at Ishmael and say, ah, the heir. Ah, the seed of promise. Completely convinced. But not God. And thank God that he takes the initiative and does not leave Abram nor his household in this deception. He takes the initiative in Genesis chapter 17, beginning with verse 1. And God says this, walk before my face, not the face of Adam. Walk before my face. In light, not in darkness. God declares the time of life. The time of life is an appointed time. Now, the miracle. What, what man cannot do. For everything, for anything of God, it requires a miracle of God. To hear the voice of man requires no miracle of God. To hear the voice of God requires a miracle of God. <clears throat> Hearing the voice of the Almighty, God takes the initiative. Genesis chapter 17, Abraham is hearing the voice of the Almighty, El Shaddai, and within God's voice is found, as God makes himself known, I am El Shaddai, the all-powerful, at this, at this juncture, at this encounter, at this appearing of the Lord, God makes himself known as I am uh, the Almighty, I am the all-powerful, I am the on oh, only Almighty, only powerful, only able, only capable, only sufficient, only self-sufficient, and the list goes on and on and on, God. And so... <clears throat> Within God's voice, right here, there is found the ability to hear the voice, the ability to understand the voice, the ability to respond to the voice, and the ability to obey the voice. But this ability is God's ability. Remember, he reveals himself as El Shaddai, the All-Powerful, the Almighty unto Abram. Jesus takes the initiative. Here's another example with hearing the voice of the Almighty. Jesus takes the initiative. In John chapter 11, Jesus goes to dead Lazarus at the tomb. All right? He's dead. We know he's been dead for four days. Jesus goes to dead Lazarus at the tomb. 
Lazarus, like man, well, I'll say this, Lazarus, I know, is a testimony of all Israel who were in their graves, all believers who were in their graves waiting upon the coming of the Messiah. There's the testimony. But with Lazarus, not only is found the testimony of Israel waiting upon life, waiting upon salvation, waiting upon deliverance from death, all these, all these things found in a person who is the Messiah, who is Christ, but an entire world as well of humanity because salvation is both to Jew and Gentile. And so with Lazarus, uh, man, mankind, oh, I used an example like a pen. It has no power whatsoever. There you go. And I know I've used this example before, and I'll use it again. Uh, there we go. Let me drop it right there. And hopefully you can see it. Lazarus, like all of humanity, has no power to hear the voice, to understand the voice, to respond to the voice, nor to be obedient to the voice. No power whatsoever. He's dead. Four days dead. The Jews are convinced, and I believe for the sake of the testimony, they're convinced of God that Lazarus cannot hear, cannot understand, cannot respond, and cannot be obedient. Now, of course, they're looking at that dead man, but, don't, but do not see themselves as having no life in like manner and needing life. There is no hope for Lazarus. There is no hope for man. No hope for Lazarus. Listen, found in man. They're convinced of this. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 39 through 40, the, one of his sisters says, look, he stinks. By this time, he stinks. He smells. He is decaying. Uh, another, another passage, uh, verse 32, if you had just gotten here before he died, there would have been hope for him. But now, you know, he's dead. He's gone. There's no hope whatsoever. Like Abraham, <clears throat> 100 years old, about 100 years old, and Sarah, about 90 years old. And this is found in Romans chapter 4, verse 16 through 22, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 through 12. There is no hope in man concerning that which pertains to God. The ability must come from outside of man. All right, once again with my example of the pen, there you go, I can say, hey, pen, what color are you? No, not responding, not telling me. I know what color it is. It obviously doesn't know what color it is. It's not giving me a response, or maybe it can't even hear me. Or maybe it doesn't understand what I'm saying. Definitely not responding. Hey, Penn, why don't you stand up? Did it hear me? I don't know. Does it understand? Obviously not. 
It's not standing up. Can't respond. Definitely not obedient to what I just asked it to do. Now, this example may offend some and may hit home for others. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, man has as much ability as this pen, as this inanimate object concerning that which pertains to God. When will we ever have any ability, us who are born again? The answer is never. The Lord is the only one able. He's the only one powerful. That's why I said a while back ago, we have this thought that we are more powerful, that we are more able than the all-powerful, almighty we think we have ability when we have no ability whatsoever. Even in the Old Testament, I think it's the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel says, And the Spirit brought me, and the Spirit brought me, and I was brought, I was led by the Spirit. Why? Because we cannot come by our own ability. Impossible. And Jesus says this, No man can come to me except the Father himself draw him. When does man ever have any power to do anything? Never. It will always forever be not I, but Christ. Not I, but the Almighty. Okay? <clears throat> there is no hope whatsoever in man concerning that which pertains to God. Now, now we have but God. In John chapter 11, Jesus says this, in verse 25 and 26, he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? What has no power nor ability whatsoever by the power and ability of the Almighty God can now hear, can now understand, can now hear the voice, can now understand the voice, can now respond to the voice, can now be obedient unto the voice. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He came forth by the ability of another. He came forth in the power of the resurrection. That's the testimony right there, brothers and sisters. The impossibility with man, the hopelessness that is found in man, in humanity. And yet the all-powerful, all-able, all-capable one present, extending his own ability Therefore, now, Lazarus can say, not I, but Christ. Remember, as long as it was Lazarus trying to try Yin, he was as cold as a corpse, as cold as probably the ground that he lay on. No ability, because no life whatsoever. 
the type, the testimony, he, or in type, in testimony, he began to, listen to this, walk in light. The only true light that is found in the face of Jesus Christ. Not to walk in the light of the testimony. At this point, in testimony, <laughs> he is walking in the light that is found in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Lazarus, come. Can you hear the word come forth? Jesus didn't say, Lazarus, get out of your tomb or Lazarus, get up. No, he said, come forth. Just as in the Old Testament, it says how I, the Lord speaking to Moses to tell the children of Israel, how I brought you on eagle's wings unto myself. <clears throat> if we do not hear the voice of God, we continue to walk in darkness, ignorant of the eternal day. This is for us who are born again believers. If we do not hear the voice of God, being able to, by His ability, hear, understand, respond, be obedient to, then we continue in darkness. Ignorant of the eternal day, Christ Himself, unto whom we have been brought by God, the moment of new birth. Now, <clears throat> because some of you may be offended in that, I will say this, the following. Both seeing and blind. We will always, whether you're born again or not, we will always see and at the same time be blind. We will always be blind and at the same time see. Now let me explain what I just said. If we are seeing the face of the first man, Adam, we are blind to the second man, the Lord from heaven. Likewise, if we are seeing the second man, the Lord from heaven, Jesus Christ himself, then we are blind to the first man, Adam. Seeing the face of the first man is darkness. Seeing the second man, the face of the second man, Christ, is eternal light. Our heart will either be directed and looking upon the face of darkness or the face of light, the face of life. Walking in the light, <clears throat> the Almighty. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, uh, which I've been quoting, and I've actually got the verse here. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to, to Abram. See, the Lord takes the initiative. He appears to Abram and says to him, I am Almighty God, El Shaddai, All-Powerful God. Walk before, the word before implies before my face. Walk before my face and be blameless. Obviously, before this moment, Abram was walking before the face of the first man, Adam, and he was to be blamed. <laughs> the, the reason is called Ishmael. Dead Once again, dead works. Works of the flesh. 
work, the work of man's ability. All right. Is it our perfection or is it the perfection of God that is talked about right here? The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, be perfect. Is it our perfection or is it the perfection of God? Is it I or is it not I but Christ? Christ is made unto us. Abraham walks in the ability of another, and there is light now. When there is no light, there is the activity of a man, the activity of man. That's called Ishmael. But when there is light, there is only found the activity of God. Isaac, not I, but Christ. The first man, Adam, and the second man, the Lord from heaven. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42 through 47, and John chapter 1, verse 14 through 15, because I've been saying the first man, Adam, and the second man, the Lord from heaven. And during one of my classes, I was asked, uh, well, why do you say the first man, Adam, defining him as Adam, and then saying the second man, the Lord from heaven, Jesus Christ himself? Because, and here, here was the question, I thought that Jesus was eternal before Adam. Well, that's true. He was. In uh, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 14, this is what uh, John The Apostle John, I believe, uh, said concerning this. And the Word, the eternal Word, and I'll probably say it here in a second, and the eternal Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him, John, that's John the Baptist, bore witness of Him, and cried out, saying, This is He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. There you go, because he starts it off with the word, which is the eternal word, became flesh and dwelt among us. The eternal word became flesh, and in doing so, he became the last Adam. The one who is the very image of God became the last Adam. Adam. Now, uh, <clears throat> we know that the first Adam, the first man Adam, was created in the image of God. The moment he partook of the tree of death, he marred that image. And the, that image has been marred ever since. It's no longer the image of God, but my brothers and sisters, it is the image of man. With our example of Abram, he produced after his own kind, after his own image, Ishmael. But Christ, the Son of God, is the only one who is the true image of God. The express image 
of His glory. Therein is secured in the second man, the Lord from heaven. All right. Uh, in regard to man, there's the first man, Adam, in the tender mercy and ever-abounding grace of God. At the appointed time, there is life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The second man, the Lord from heaven. The first man, Adam, God created. I just said all this. <laughs> the first man, Adam, God created in his own image. Adam partook of the tree of death and is no longer in God's image. Now the first man is in his own image until the second man, the last Adam, came, who comes bearing the true image of God, that is Jesus Christ, the Lord from heaven. And so <clears throat> that's just concerning my use of the terms, the first man, Adam, and the second man, the Lord from heaven. But in all this, my brothers and sisters, there is hearing the voice of God. And as I stated at the beginning of the class, uh, the beginning of the lesson, that's, that's actually what I, what I want or what I would like um, for us all, that, that these lessons and everything else that the Lord uses uh, would be an environment that would create an environment in our heart to be able to hear the voice of God. Listen, the, specifically the voice of El Shaddai, the voice of the Almighty, wherein His voice is found, the ability to hear, the ability to understand, the ability to respond, and the ability to be obedient unto the voice. Just as John on the Owl of Patmos said, I heard a voice that spoke with me, and I turned to see the voice. So, once again, our, uh, our theme for these lessons is let there be light. So, Lord bless. We'll see you in our next lesson.